0: We do all this without delving into past trauma, starting yet another food plan, or monitoring every meal. Live a free life aligned with your health and values. If you're ready for something real, you're in the right place. All episodes are 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. Hi, 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 guys. This is Lydia, the Lifestyle Coach, and we are ending eating disorders using nothing but your brain, and we are talking about binge eating, and bulimia, and overeating, and food obsession, and body hate, and food addiction, and all of that jazz. We are talking about ending, ending, ending eating disorders, which means you don't have the disorder eating anymore, not you're in recovery, not that you are managing it, not that you are getting by, but you have a neutral and normal relationship with food, and nothing in the world can make you binge or overeat because that's not what you do anymore. Yes, yes, yes. That's what we get to celebrate. And you guys, what's really fun is like with celebrating with our clients, like it's it's a wonderful and such empowering thing to see somebody have neutrality with their body, be able to n- have no temptation toward food, like not worry about binge eating. But I want to celebrate like how many of our clients explicitly and clearly celebrate that because of the principles they're learning that is getting that are getting them out of the cage of the struggle with food that they don't hate themselves anymore. We had a client today celebrate I have no self-loathing anymore. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had a different client celebrate that I don't hate myself anymore. These are direct quotes. Like, This is a really important, beautiful thing. Like, Think of how different life is when you don't hate yourself, when you can like and love and appreciate and feel good about you and who you are. And so this is a lot bigger than food. The food thing is super important, but living a life where you can feel good and in integrity with who you are is awesome 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 I am super excited for our topic today because this is such a point of massive confusion for a lot of us who struggle with food and who have been on this path of struggle and it's you can do other things you can do other things it would be one thing of just like I am completely incapable of change and I can't do anything so of course I can't fix this thing with food I mean okay there's a consistency but what's so inconsistent is that you guys are powerful and capable and successful, and you can do hard things and you overcome so much. And then you look at your relationship with food and you're like, why can I make progress and have a good life in every other way? But then this thing with food, this struggle, this mental obsession and so much mental energy and these cravings toward food and being fine all day and then suddenly at night, then I just go crazy and I eat all the things. Like, why is that happening when all of these other things are fine. I have a successful career. I've overcome anxiety. I've left an abusive relationship. I quit smoking cold turkey. I've been sober for 25 years. Like, And then we look at the say and control and all of the great things in these other areas of life and then food just seems so incredibly different. And I can appreciate that that's just baffling, right? Especially when you think of, okay, I can make improvements in this one area of life. I'll just use those same things with food. So, all right, well, I had the willpower to stop smoking, or I had the strategies to stop drinking, or I had all of the tools to be able to overcome, you know, my depression. I'll just go ahead and apply those tools to stuff with food and it doesn't work. In fact, a lot of times you see it get worse. So we are going to answer this big maddening question mark today and talk about why it is so different when it comes to food. And yes, oh, Pam, hi, so fun to see you here. So Pam's saying, I'm struggling with food right now, thank you for this. Welcome, Pam, we are so, so happy to have you here. And yes, this is is the place to be. So you guys can also go to lifewithlydia.com And there are literally hundreds of videos there. You don't have to watch them all the day unless you want to, but you'll be able to see a bunch of videos, past live feeds, um, freedom stories from our clients. Like It's a really, really cool place. So that's LydiaVideo.com. And then we also have an amazing Facebook group. What happens is that we look at all of these other patterns in life and... We see an identity of ourselves that seems really counter to what's happening with food. So for instance, if you just made a decision one day of enough is enough and you stop smoking cold turkey, then that identity piece is like, I should be able to do it for my binge eating or I should be able to do it for my overeating or my bulimia or my food addiction or whatever it is. And we start taking the model that works with other things or we feel has worked for us. Um, One side note is that. A lot of times clients will come to us thinking that they have freedom from other things and then realizing that they've just been white knuckling or like spending a lot of time and tools or like still having the identity of like I am an addict, but then they come and get they they get free from food and they actually go in reverse, they apply the principles of what got them free from food and they put it back onto these other habits and get like true lasting freedom where, oh, I'm not an addict, like how cool is that? So it goes the other way with the things that work with food work with other stuff. But then it doesn't translate when you're going from, you know, I got over my addiction this way, or I got over my habit this way. And then when you try to apply it to food, we start feeling a real mismatch with our identity of you feel like I am somebody who has willpower, except when it comes to food. I am somebody who takes care of myself, except when it comes to food. I am a logical and rational person, except when it comes to food. I keep track of things and I, you know, take responsibility, except when it comes to food. I am a healthy person, except when it comes to food. And then we start asking like, well, why is it so different with food? And the sad thing is, is that because it's so counter to our identity, because the things that worked with other things are not translating to this problem with food, is we start feeling like it's us. This, These are the feelings of self-loathing. These are the feelings of brokenness and failure and shame. And there's probably something wrong with me. And it's probably even more serious than I think because, wow, if I have achieved all these other things and all these other areas of life, but this has been my struggle for 55 years, then there must be something really deep-seatedly wrong with me, deep-seated wrong with me. So this, can really distract us from fixing the problem because we start going on a journey to fix ourselves. Like, wow, I must be so broken. I'm going to go and start therapy to dig into this and see what's wrong with me. I'm going to start on a spiritual journey and I'm going to go to India and go to yoga retreats. And like we start trying to fix ourselves because the thought is if my life is working in other ways, but not with food, then I must be super broken because this should be really simple. And then I must be broken and so then we go on a journey to try to fix ourselves. And those journeys can last 35, 45 years. And good stuff happens, like yoga retreat in India, absolutely, cool thing, right? Like You can certainly go to therapy and delve into some past stuff and you might have some good healing if you have somebody good that you're working with. but then you see the same thing of like, but food is just getting worse. This isn't fixing the problem with food. And then the more that we dive into trying to fix ourselves and then the worse that it gets with food, then we feel more and more and more broken. So let's just dive into why this is different. And I want to let you know that there is nothing wrong with you. You are not broken. Dealing with food is just really different than dealing with these other things. And this is why, this is why the things you practiced with other things that worked do not work with food. So the first thing is, is you cannot go cold turkey with food. You cannot be abstinent with food. You have to eat every day. So it's sort of like thinking of addiction of like, I'm addicted to heroin, I'm just not gonna take heroin anymore, I'll detox and then I just won't take it anymore and I'll be fine. You can see, imagine, (laughs) how a heroin addict would do if it's like, I'm a heroin addict. I'm not going to do heroin anymore. I'll just do a little bit of heroin three times a day. And then every once in a while I'll do a ton of heroin because I'm binging on heroin. It's like, that doesn't work. So the cold turkey method, a lot of times where people overcome addiction is just like, and I wouldn't even call it overcoming addiction. If you don't feel like you can handle it, then obviously it still has a pull on you. It's still something that is emotionally charged where you don't trust yourself around it, but you can stop doing it by just never, ever being around it, never interacting with it. If somebody is having a drink, you leave. Like that is something you can do with other substances. You cannot do that with food, at least not very long. If you stop eating for very long, then you die. So that's the consequence of not eating. So it doesn't work with food because you cannot just end food. And we try this in different ways. Like people will try to really restrict their food or they'll go, they'll be like, I only eat these foods because these feel like safe foods. Or I'm going to try to do a a cleanse or like I'm only going to drink lemon juice or I'm only going to have, you know, juiced vegetables and fruits or whatever it is. Or I'm only going to have these prepackaged meals. And so I can just like sort of check out and take a break from eating food. And temporarily that might cause some changes because you're taking yourself out of your normal routine or you're not exposing yourself to other foods but it's like holding your breath. It only works for so long and then you've got to breathe again. Like you can try to avoid food, but then you've got to eat again. That will always happen for as long as you live, you will be eating. So that's one reason why a lot of times the models that people use to end you know, addiction or to end a habit just doesn't work with food. The other element is that with other habits, those are things that maybe are not good for you, right? So it's just like, oh, okay, you know, like drinking alcohol is not good for me, so I'm gonna stop doing it. And there is the habit element of that where you might feel a pull toward it. But if you don't do it for a while, it's like, okay, that was something that wasn't good for me and then I stopped doing it and now I'm moving on with life. But you need to have food. Food is not like a bad habit that you can quit or a substance that's like extra. I'm just like, oh man, it's like I smoke so much weed and like I don't feel like it's making me very productive and okay, I'll just stop doing it. Like that's something that maybe isn't serving me right now and so I'm gonna set it aside. You just cannot do that with food. The other element is that this does happen with other sorts of habits or addictions, but it's especially strong with food, is food and eating is something that we have been doing since literally the day we were born. So there is so much psychological attachment to the meaning around food. Food means comfort, food means love, food means joy, food means celebration. Food means a lot of other things besides just fuel to keep your body alive. And I know that a lot of us, if we're struggling with food, wish that like, oh man, like instead of, you know, you know, living to eat. I want to eat to live and food is just fuel and all of the magnets that we put on our fridge and thinking that they'll change our behavior and they don't. Like the thing is, is that food is more than food. Food has been an element of your life since the day you were born and there's so much meaning around it. So trying to stop patterns with food are especially psychologically and emotionally charged where yes, you might have some connection with like I smoke cigarettes and I am relaxed when I do it, but it doesn't feel like so much of your everything like food does. It is the, it is the thing that has had the very longest record in your life of having meaning to you. So it can be very different to approach that instead of just like quitting some other thing, right? A really big piece of why dealing with food is different is because your body fights back. Your body does not want you to starve yourself. Your body does not want you to restrict. Your body, so much of your body, your physiology, your mind is so driven for survival. Just try, I mean, I'm not suggesting you try, but if you did try to do something that threatened your survival, like everything would change within you to try to keep you surviving. And so when you try to manipulate your body, to restrict calories, to lose weight, to like, you don't, maybe you're not calling it starvation, but let's just call it what it is, starvation in some way, shape or form, cutting out certain food groups, then your body fights back and it really reacts to it. Eating is a really important element of survival. If you do not do it, then you die. So your body has all sorts of mechanisms to fight against you trying to do so many of the things that people try to do to fix this problem with food, like restriction or dieting. So it's sort of like if you decide for some weird reason, like. I'm not going to go into my living room all year. My new year's resolution is to never go into my living room. It's like, okay, it's kind of weird, but you can do it. Like, all right. So you just don't go into your living room. You just don't walk in there. Your body doesn't fight back because your living room isn't essential for your survival, but let's say that you have a goal of not sleeping or not going to the bathroom or not breathing. See how long the not breathing thing. I don't think I need air anymore. Your body is gonna fight back. Your body will literally make you pass out if you're trying to keep yourself from breathing so that you start breathing again. Like your body will use all of its efforts to keep you doing the behaviors that are associated with your survival. So if you tell your body, I'm not going to eat this anymore, or I'm going to eat less of this, or we don't get this anymore, or I'm going to stop this pattern with food that your body associates with survival, then it fights back really, really hard. Your body has phenomenal mechanisms. Let's look at a couple here. We've got whole videos on this, but let's look at a couple here. So if you eat less food, if you cut your calories, you know what your body does? It slows your metabolism. It slows your metabolism so you don't start going into your precious fat stores, which are your long-term energy, and your body does everything, like that is the very last thing your body accesses. Your body will burn the calories that you eat, and then it will burn all the glycogen in your muscles, and only after that will it start tapping into your fat stores for energy. Your body reads that as like an emergency state of like we've exhausted all of our other should be plentiful, abundant, everyday resources. So what does your body do? Because it doesn't want to tap into those things. You start eating less and your body slows your metabolism. So you literally need fewer calories to survive. Your body is an incredible machine, an amazing creature that is really, really good at that. If you show your body that you have a scarcity of food, Every Monday, then what your body is going to do is it is going to teach your body how to gain fat and hang on to that weight permanently. Like raise your set point so you are permanently heavier for the rest of your life because of the threat of, wow, we're starving again. Crazy how we run out of food every single Monday. And your body is really sensitive to this. So a lot of us think of like, oh, whoa, 1700 calories. That's a cheat day. Like your body with a hundred less calories. I mean, like it, the, it's red flags start going up. Like the sirens start going of like, this is not okay. We really, really need food. And especially if you're doing that to your body over and over, one of the most unhealthy things that you can do is yo-yo dieting, because it's teaching your body to go into this emergency mode of fighting against you. So, When you try to change something with food, especially in the form of restricting it in some way, then your body fights back in so many ways. Your body doesn't do that with other things. Like you might feel bad after a while of stopping smoking, you might have some cravings for cigarettes, but your body doesn't use all of your capacity for as long as you need for years and years on end to get you to have the cigarette again. Like it phases out after a while. With food, your body's never gonna be that way. It is always going to fight back and fight and fight and fight. And I know that this seems inconvenient and frustrating, but I also want to celebrate the incredible, incredible bodies that we have. If I would have done, during my crazy days with food, if I would have done what I decided to do as a crazed restriction, craziness with food person, I would have died. I would have killed myself because here was my plan. I'm not losing weight fast enough, so I'm just gonna bring my calories down more and more and more and more. And so crazy how my fat is being so stubborn. I must need to decrease my calories more and more and more. I probably would have kept doing that until I would have been dead and I wouldn't have been here today. But thank you, body. Thank you so much for creating a binge eating disorder for me so that I could never get too far into the death zone because my cravings were so out of control that it felt like a another like out of body experience where something was taking me over and just eating food really, really quickly. Like, thank you. No, that wasn't how I wanted to do things for the rest of my life and I'm very happy to be binge eating free, but That was something that was in place for my survival. It wasn't that something was wrong with me. It was something was very right with me. My body reacted in a very appropriate way to me trying to starve it, which was it did anything that it could to get enough calories to survive, even if that was way overshooting it. But thank you. Thank you for keeping me alive body. So your body fights back in so, so many ways for your survival. The next element is that what we do, we, when we're struggling with food, we frantically do things that make it harder, that make our struggle with food worse. Those We go into restriction, right? It's like, oh man, I'm binging and I'm gaining weight, so I'm going to restrict my food. Well, restricting that food is driving up our cravings. So now we're dealing with really intense cravings on top of that. We talked about the slowing the metabolism, right? So it's like we are doing the very things, we're cutting down our calories, which slows our metabolism, and that makes it even harder to be able to lose any weight and to be able to you know, reach the goals that we're trying to reach because we're literally teaching our body to need fewer calories. And our body will do so much to fight against us trying to lose weight. That is what our body is designed to do. Our body is designed to be happy with some fat on our body and enough fat for the long-term, that long-term energy storage. So if we do run out of food, well, great. We've got this long-term energy storage. Like that is the purpose, like how your body is designed, how it lives. And so when we try to fight against that, when we try to be like, I want to get down to this really low body fat percentage, and then just stay there, your body's not going to be happy with it. So Your body fights back and then we also on purpose do the things that fight against us. It's the exact opposite. And I mean, this is what the diet industry does, right? And if you believe this, well then, I mean, the diet industry had its goal met. It's a $66 billion industry that is convincing you to lose weight in ways that teach your body to gain weight and then you feel broken so you do more things to try to make your body lose weight that makes your body gain weight. And there might be some temporary weight loss, right? Lose 10 pounds, gain 12, lose 20 pounds, gain 30, lose 50 pounds, gain 60. Like, we don't just look at the immediate effects, you've gotta look long-term of what's really happening here. And that's how the $66 billion diet industry grows around, is all of the repeat customers of like, there must be something wrong with me, I'll do this other new diet that teaches our bodies to gain weight and messes up our our relationship with food in like such a big, profound way. So it's like having a broken leg and wanting it to heal. And so we're just like, you know what? My leg really hurts and it's broken. So I am committed to going for a five mile run every single morning. You may be really committed. You may really want your leg to heal, but you are doing the things that do not let your leg heal. If you have a broken leg and you go running every morning, your leg will never heal if you want to lose weight and every Monday you try to do the thing that is actually teaching your body to gain weight, you can want it, you can wish it, you can close your eyes and wish upon a star and be like, I hope that this helps me lose weight and it may temporarily, and then it comes back plus some, and then your metabolism is messed up and your set point is pushed up. And like you are teaching your body to store fat and to gain it back very quickly. you got to look at what things actually do, not how they're just marketed to you, but what they actually do. So, Those are just a handful of reasons why the things that you try to do to fix other problems that have worked do not work with food. Your body fights back. We do the very things that make the problem worse. You cannot continue to fight your body and have healing. That's just what it comes down to. You can try to force and hate and manipulate your body. You can starve it, you can beat it up, you can berate it, you can like yell at it names all day, but your body is an incredible, loyal, wonderful creature that it doesn't matter how mad you are about it, it's not gonna let you starve and it's not gonna let you die. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, body. So our bodies are amazing. And I can appreciate that it can be frustrating, especially when our bodies have gotten into a loop of something like binge eating, or bulimia, or overeating, or food obsession, or body hate, right? It can be frustrating, but there's a reason that your body did that, and there's also a way to undo it and to have a partnership where you trust yourself, you trust your body, you love and appreciate your body you have neutrality so that you don't have all this emotional charge around your body and you can heal and be healthier than you've ever been before and continue to get healthier and healthier every day. So this is what has to happen to fix this is first of all, you set aside, like gather the data and just look, is what I'm doing working? If not, then okay, now it's time to move on to what does work. So all of this, like, you know, hitting your head against the wall about like, but it worked for the other thing. Just be like, okay, it's different with food. It's different with food. So you just set that aside and be like, all right, this is different. And then what you've got to do is you've got to learn to work with your body in partnership. If you try to starve yourself or restrict, your body will drive up cravings and slow your metabolism. So what you've got to be able to do is create a relationship with your body where it feels safe where it knows that, oh, if I don't binge anymore, we're still safe, we're still good. And so your body's like, okay, cool, go ahead, don't binge anymore. And it's where you and your body, are on the same side, right? Like you don't wanna binge anymore, your body doesn't wanna binge anymore, and your body feels safe. It's out of a state of scarcity and it's in a state of abundance of like, oh, okay, you know what, we actually don't need these thousands and thousands of calories every night, and we don't need to eat everything before it's all gone. It's like, oh, we feel safe. So what happens is your body calms down, and with that, your cravings go away. It's a really beautiful thing. Cravings go away, the urges to binge go away. Your body can relax and feel safe. All of those stress hormones that are coursing through your body and contributing to weight gain, might we add, Those get to be cleared out of your system because you're not redoing that cycle of stress and anxiety all the time with food. You can feel calm around food. So your body calms down. You're working with your body and then you end the habit. You end the habit and your body doesn't resist to it. So you don't have the urges to binge because you ended the habit that led up to the binge eating. Cool. You end the habit to overeat because you ended the cycle and the habit that led up to the overeating and then you're disconnecting the things that used to lead to the overeating or the binging or whatever it is and because you've disconnected that then nothing can make you go back to it because you've permanently taught your body how to be your friend you've permanently taught your body how to trust you and then you get to trust yourself and then end this habit and it's as simple as that It's as simple when you know how to do it but what i'm saying is the principles and that's exactly what we do the principles are is you stop fighting your body learn how to have it be a place where your body can trust you you can trust you and so it's not fighting against you anymore because i promise you the longer that you try to fight and control and manipulate your body will never stop fighting back and you will start hating yourself more and more so it's a really beautiful and important thing and Deborah, I love what you're saying here. Is I love that my body feels safe and in a state of abundance, no longer in a place of scarcity. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So thank you so much for reflecting that back, Deborah. And it really is wonderful because you guys, there are there are some approaches out there that are like fight the enemy within. This disgusting pig in your head, make it shut up! Like, oh, this awful mean girl, like squelch her, like never listen to her again. Oh, your body trying to keep your your fat, like just scrub it away. Like, take this, clear it out, do surgery. Like, let's literally like cut you open and get that disgusting fat. Like, think like you cannot live happily when you are an enemy to yourself. When you don't trust yourself, when you hate yourself, when you're trying to like destroy all of the parts of you that you don't like, you start hating all of you, you guys. Like, that's one reason why what we teach people is so fun and permanent and peaceful is because it is in alignment with you, where you are learning to be aligned in friendship and integrity and trust with all the parts of you. And you can understand them in a different way. Like when you understand that, oh, the reason that I was so in these crazies about binging is because my body was trying to protect me. It's like, you can go from a, I hate you to a, thank you. Thank you for keeping me alive. And then you break the habit and you're on the same side. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Deborah saying, yes, I trust my body. My body and I are working together. I'm literally writing these affirmations. Thank you for your video. Love it. And so you guys, like those are the principles, but there is a big difference between understanding that and wanting that, and then really having that, right? Again, you guys can wish upon a star that you might have some insight from watching a video and everything will change. But the point is, is that We make these videos so you guys have good information, but information was not transformation. There's only one way through this and the only way out is through and you've got to know how to have your body be calm, how to break the habit so you can be free for for the rest of your life. And so what you want to do there is there are so many great videos out there. Like I said, you can go to LydiaVideo.com, we have an amazing group like you know, on Facebook, like all of that, awesome. But when it comes down to it, The only way to really have that freedom is for that individual transformation where you can be aligned, where you can be in trust. And the foundation of that is what we call the foundation of freedom. And we do that as a free service on our breakthrough sessions. So you can go to lydialifestyle.com slash session. That's lydialifestyle.com slash session. And you can book a free breakthrough session. You're gonna see a calendar page there, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna partner together, you and your coach, and they're gonna walk you through getting this foundation of freedom, seeing exactly what's happening with you and food and how it's impacting you. This is an individual journey. And then really looking on the other side of that and being like, okay, what do you want? What is that alignment? What is that trust? And if we can help you to close the gap, how to do that. And if not, then we'll know the best next steps for you from there. But we've got you. Love it, love it. So fun to see you guys here. And this is Lydia, the lifestyle coach signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. If you felt a spark here and want to see how these principles can work in your own life, here is your next step pop over to lydialifestyle.com slash session. That's lydialifestyle.com slash session